What is up, guys? It's Alex Johnson here, the founder and lead analyst at YardsPerFantasy.com. Welcome to the 109th episode of the Feed Me Fantasy Podcast. Let's see. If you're still drafting these quarterbacks not named Kenny Pickett, you know, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, in the first round of your Superflex rookie drafts, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's like the definition of take lock. And it's an absolute failure to recalibrate values of these players after the NFL draft. When the hell, when the fuck have we ever drafted third round picks in the first round of rookie drafts? Tell me, when? When? Never. You can't name one third round quarterback in the NFL draft that we actually drafted or even considered drafting in the first round of super flex rookie drafts. It just it's never happened. Why are we doing this? I'm seeing it happening. I'm seeing guys, I'm seeing people take Malik Willis in the top five of Superflex drafts still to this day after his free fall to the third round into a clear backup situation to start his career behind Ryan Tannehill. What are you doing? Recalibrate these values after the NFL draft. You have to. You have to consider the, the draft capital. I know we liked these guys, particularly Willis, coming into the NFL draft. But it doesn't matter. The NFL told us. The NFL told us these guys are probably not very good. I mean, we knew that coming in, but they're even worse than we thought. Third round. I mean, Malik Willis went even after Desmond Ritter and into a worse situation. Like, are you kidding me? It's absolute take lock to keep drafting him where you were drafting him or even close to where you were drafting him prior to the NFL draft. I mean, I'm not even taking him mid-early second round. Come on, dude. Come on. Get with it. NFL draft happened. we got to recalibrate. But where he's not going too high is on underdog best ball. You don't have to worry about drafting Malik Willis an underdog. Have you heard about their their best ball th- mania three tournament? It is live and oh baby, ten million dollars in prizes, ten million in prizes for that tournament. It's just a twenty five dollar entry. You can enter twenty five dollars, and at the end of the season, you come out with two million dollars by winning the tournament, or one million by finishing second. Or $1 million by being just the regular season winner? You don't even have to win the tournament. Just be the best team in the regular season. Hell, that's a million fucking dollars. The biggest best ball tournament ever. They've tripled their prize pool from last year. It's absolutely incredible. you got to get on there now. Take advantage of these values because you know the closer we get to the season... The more information that is out there, the more that people are actually starting to do the work, put in the work, get ready for the fantasy football season, the more accurate, the better these ADPs are going to be, which is going to, you're going to lose your edge. If you're listening to this show, if you're listening to fantasy football podcasts in May, 
I mean, you're probably as prepared for the, for the NFL season, for the fantasy football season, as anybody. So take advantage of that knowledge. Take advantage of the work you've done so far this offseason. And take advantage of these of these ADPs. Because of it, you're going to have an advantage over some of the people who are drafting at this time. And the ADPs, the values you're going to get at this time of the year are much, much greater than what you're going to get in August. So get on Underdog and use our promo code YARDSPER to give it a 100% deposit match up to $100. There's not much better deals out there, much better promos from these other these other platforms. So get on Underdog, double your money, enter Best Ball Mania 3, and let's get cooking, baby. And today we are talking these rookies. We, we're, this is part two of my NFL Draft reaction show. We're doing rapid fire, just kind of going down the board of these these fantasy relevant players. Kind of just talking about talking about draft capital, talking about their situation, the landing spot, the team team situation, what we can expect from them um, early on, and where we're valuing them in in dynasty. Um, if you want to hear more of my my talk, my opinion on these players, just as players, just go back, just go back to prior episodes because we've been banging out rookie profiles from January to a week, from January all the way up to the NFL draft. So we we've covered a lot of guys, and if there's anybody that I didn't talk about on the show, I probably had it. I probably made a TikTok video about them. You can find me on TikTok. A underscore Johnson FF, or just go to the ultimate 2022 Dynasty Rookie Draft Guide on yardsperfantasy.com or download the app. And it's right there too. I've I've written up all these guys, and the guys that I haven't written up, other guys on our team, other yards per fantasy analysts like like Drew Roberts. He's absolutely killing it at yards per fantasy right now. He wrote up a ton of these guys as well. So get your information on these guys in the ultimate 2022 Dynasty Rookie Draft Guide or pretty much any other way you like to consume your content. So if you want to hear my opinion about these guys, there's other ways to do it. Today we're talking draft capital, landing spot, and we're going rapid fire. We ended up in the last episode, part one, we went through the first two rounds. So we're going to kick off round three, 307 was the absolute sucker pick of the draft. And a shocker, it was the fucking Bears taking Velas Jones. Let me tell you, Velas Jones was the absolute sucker pick of the NFL draft. And I knew somebody was going to do this. I knew somebody was going to do this. And they did it. And of course, it was the fucking Bears. If Dave Gettleman was still the the GM of the Giants, he would have done this. But the fucking Bears did it. This guy's was this guy was in college for six fucking years. He's a one-dimensional guy, probably a special teamer at best in the league. Six years in college. He's gonna be 25 years old at the start of his rookie season. 25. And we're drafting him over 21, 22-year-old, 23-year-old players that have had much better college career, much better production profile 
everything age adjusted not even age adjusted they're better I mean come on what the fuck are the Bears doing I feel bad for our guy uh, Keith James at Yards for Fantasy this guy's a huge diehard Bears fan he's a great guy great dude great analyst he loves his Bears and she just gets his heart broken with every damn move that they make what are they doing unbelievable so Velas Jones the absolute sucker play to the Bears at 310 was the first quarterback not named Kenny Pickett off the board all the way in the third round Desmond Ritter to the Falcons second quarterback off the board he's gonna compete with free agent signee Marcus Mariota for the starting job whether it's in 2022 or sometime down the line Ritter's going to get his chance to be on the field and show he can be the long-term option for Atlanta. And whenever that happens, he'll be an interesting fantasy option with quality weapons in Kyle Pitts and Drake London on, on top of his ability to pick up yardage on the ground with his legs. Desmond Ritter has been comped to Marcus Mariota even before becoming teammates with him. Now he's going to back him up, probably back him up during his rookie season, Chancey takes over, gets his opportunity late in the year, mid-season. You know, if the Falcons are struggling, Mariota's struggling. We know Mariota hasn't always been the cleanest bill of health either. So there's a, there's a chance we see Ritter at some point this season. But I, I do think Mariota's going to be the week one starter. But Ritter has a chance to be the long-term guy. So we'll see what happens with that. Should be interesting. He's got some good weapons with London, with Pitts. At the 316... Greg Dulcich went to the Broncos. They traded away Noah Fant during the offseason. And I think they're going to try to replace him with Dulcich. Obviously, Albert O is going to be the, the tight end one. But this kind of backfills that position. It's an, another weapon in an offense that is absolutely loaded with them. He's going to be the team's number two pass-catching tight end, like I said, behind Albert Okoyabunum. With a receiving core that consists of Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and KJ Hamler, it's probably going to be a while before Dulcich gets his opportunity to really be a guy in that offense and to be someone that we can actually plug into our fantasy lineups. And then at 322, we've already kind of talked about him, the quarterback Malik Willis falling all the way to the, almost the end of the third round. The ultimate free fall of the 2022 draft. He lands with the Titans. It was expected that he would go to a team where he would either become a first-year starter or at least be the obvious long-term guy, kind of like what we saw with Trey Lance last year. But the Titans present neither of those scenarios. Sure, he could become the guy to replace Ryan Tannehill at some point, but the situation is far less clear than had he gone in the first round to, I don't know, Detroit, Carolina, Pittsburgh, or Atlanta. Willis was a pre-draft Superflex rookie 102 with some consideration at the 101 in a mid-second rounder in single quarterback leagues. There is no way we can draft him in those spots now. At the 324 was Jalen Tolbert to the Cowboys. He was one of the underrated winners of this draft. He got third round draft capital to a team with an open starting wide receiver spot 
on the outside whereas where he's going to be the greatest fit. The departures of Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson along with the Michael Gallup still recovering from a late season ACL injury that opens up an opportunity for Tolbert to step right into a significant role in one of the league's best offenses. At the 327 was Rashad White. White needed the draft capital to maintain his pre-draft dynasty ranking. And thanks to the Bucks, he got it. He got it, baby. While Bruce Arians isn't the head coach anymore, he's still in that front office, White is reminiscent of a former Arians star running back in David Johnson. He's a solid runner, but his bread and butter comes in the passing game. Assuming he earns Tom Brady's trust in training camp, White can be an immediate contributor as a third down back with an option to eventually grow into the full Leonard Fournette role. I really like me some Rashad White. I also like me some Terrian Davis Price who went to the 329 drafted by San Francisco. He was on my pre-draft list of potential this year's Elijah Mitchell candidates and now he's going to be backing up Mitchell. He's not the typical type of back the Niners have success with. They are at their best with undersized speed guys like, like, like Elijah Mitchell or Raheem Mostert, Matt Breda. But they seem to be chasing the bigger body guys lately, like Trey Sermon last year. In fact, there's a real possibility Davis Price is not just coming in to supplant Sermon as the RB2, but actually take on some of those Debo Samuel carries we were seeing in the second half of last season. It'll be interesting to see what their plan is for him. I'm drafting him in the middle of the second round. I really am. I think I'm higher on him than than, than most other rankers, drafters, analysts. I like me. Some TDP. At 3.30 was Matt Corral to the Panthers. Once thought of as the top quarterback in the class... Corral slid all the way to the end of the third round as the fourth quarterback off the board. However, other than Kenny Pickett, Corral has the clearest path to the QB1 chair among all the rookies. The Panthers are seemingly desperate to move on from the Sam Darnold experiment. So it's very likely Corral is the starter by October, if not week one. Whenever that time comes, He'll be surrounded by a few quality weapons in DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Robbie Anderson. He's going to be set up for success. At the 334 is Brian Robinson to the Commanders. It was curious to see the Commanders be so active with a lot of running back visits during the pre-draft process. It tells me they maybe don't love Antonio Gibson as much as the fantasy community does. That opens the door for third-round pick Brian Robinson to eat into the early downs work in Washington. At 335 was David Bell to the Browns. The day-two draft capital for Bell is huge. There were a lot of questions about when he would be drafted after his poor showing at the NFL Combine. He now gets an opportunity to step right into that Jarvis Landry role as the primary slot receiver for the now Deshaun Watson quarterback Cleveland Browns. This is best case scenario for David Bell and locks him into round two of single quarterback dynasty rookie drafts. Moving into the fourth round, we had Damian Pierce. 
He's one of the biggest winners of the draft. He lands on a wide open depth chart with an opportunity to play a significant role as a rookie. His pass catching prowess will allow him to be a fantasy contributor even inside one of the league's worst offenses. He is certainly a big post draft riser, but we need to be careful not to prop him up too far simply based on landing spot. We did that with Trey Sermon and Michael Carter a year ago, and now look where they are. With that said though, Pierce is one of the better early to mid second round rookie picks. At the 417, the Raiders took Zamir White. It was a bit of a surprise to see him fall to day three, but it wasn't too long into the fourth round before he heard his name called, so at least he's an early day three guy. Almost a day two guy. At initial thought, it's disappointing considering the presence of Josh Jacobs securely atop the depth chart in Las Vegas, but the Raiders opted not to pick up Jacobs' fifth-year option, meaning he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. Perhaps the plan is to let White play the backup role as a rookie and then hand him the keys to the backfield in his second season. He fits the mold of some of the more successful running backs from Josh McDaniels' time with the Patriots. At the 418, Isaiah Spiller went off the board to the Chargers. The NFL has weighed in on the Isaiah Spiller athleticism debate. They let him slide to day three after initial mocks had him going in the first three rounds. I mean, there were even talk that he could have been the first running back off the board pre-NFL combine. Instead, he joins the Chargers offense that has been searching for a bigger back to pair with Austin Eckler for a few years now. The opportunity will be there for Spiller to slide into that role with just Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree in his way. If he earns it, he will have fantasy relevancy inside one of the league's best offenses. At the 422, another weird pick by the Patriots, they went Pierre Strong. They absolutely broke our hearts when they drafted Pierre Strong in the fourth round. We were hoping he'd land in a spot where he could use his all-purpose skill set to the full extent, like, right away as a rookie. Instead, he steps into a running back room that already consists of Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, James White, and now fellow rookie Kevin Harris, who we'll get to in a few minutes as well. It may be a while before we hear from Pierre Strong. At the 433 the Steelers took another wide receiver. They went Calvin Austin. He's the second of two wide receivers gifted to new quarterback Kenny Pickett. And Austin's an undersized speedster who will struggle to find the field as anything more than a strategic deep threat. He enters a strong receiving room manned by Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and obviously now George Pickens as well. At the 501, it was another draft day free fall. Sam Howell going to the Commanders. He was projected to go in the early second round, with some even mocking him in the first. However, he didn't hear his name until the first pick of the fifth round. He's going to compete with Taylor Heineke for the backup job behind Carson Wentz. Of course, Wentz is no guarantee to hang on to the starting job himself. 
A few too many sacks or bad turnovers may be all it takes for the former North Carolina quarterback to be thrust into the lineup. And when that, whenever that does happen, he's going to have weapons in Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, first-round wide receiver Jahan Dotson, and his former college teammate Diami Brown to throw to. So we can't hate Sam Howell. I think he's going to get a chance at some point in the next two years. At the 505, Khalil Shakir to the Bills. He was one of the more that was one of the more exciting day three picks. We love Khalil Shakir. He's a perfect fit in the Cole Beasley role and one of the league's most pass heavy offenses. He may have to wait out James and Crowder, but his time will eventually come for sure, definitely. Probably in 2022 at some point. He's a prime candidate to be a late-season breakout who's also going to be a trade target in the 2023 offseason. At 508 was Tyler Algier to the Falcons. Coming into the draft, the Falcons were one of the prime running back landing spots. That's kind of where we were hoping, you know, Pierre Strong would go. But anyway, the first and second down, two-down workhorse role is wide open for the taking. Obviously, they landed Algier in the fifth round to add to the mix. He's exactly the type of back who can come in and be that early downs workhorse from day one in this offense. The only competition in his way is Damian Williams and Quadre Allison. They cut Mike Davis after they made this pick. That tells you something about how they think about Algier. At the 5'13", Jerome Ford found himself in like the complete opposite situation of Tyler Algier landing with the Browns. The path to fantasy football production looks long and hard early in his career. The Browns have arguably the most talented running back depth chart with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at the top. He will also have to get around the Ernest Johnson if he ever wants to get on the field. Situations surely change, but the short-term outlook is bleak for one of the more explosive runners in this class. Another running back came off the board at the 526. It was Ty Chandler to the Vikings. He joins a running back room that includes Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. And unless they plan on implementing a multi-back system with a pass-catching specialist, it's hard to envision a path to fantasy relevancy for Chandler either. And at the 604, the theme kind of stays the same. With Kevin Harris to the Patriots. He begins his NFL career buried on a Patriots depth chart that includes Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, James White, Pierre Strong, and even J.J. Taylor. Unless something changes, Harris is going to need multiple injuries ahead of him to find the field anytime soon. At the 617, the Ravens took Tyler Beatty. He could not have landed in a worse spot. It's not even because he's buried on the depth chart, which he is. Beatty's a pass-catching specialist out of the backfield. The Ravens, however, are consistently at the bottom of the league in running back targets. When you have a quarterback who will take off and run when he gets into trouble rather than dump it off to his running back, it's hard to think a guy like Beatty is ever going to get the opportunities he needs to be fantasy football relevant. 
At the 708 was Bo Melton to the Seahawks. And as a seventh-round pick, Melton's going to be fighting for his life in the Seattle offense. It's too bad because he was a fun prospect. But I'm not drafting any Bo Melton at this point. That sucks. I am drafting some Isaiah Pacheco, though. He went late, late, late in the seventh round to the Chiefs. He has a real chance to earn an opportunity in this Chiefs offense. With the other backs on the team being Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Ronald Jones, and Derek Gore, it's not that hard to envision an athletic back like Pacheco coming in, impressing the coaches, and creating a role for himself. You can't put it past him. I mean, it's obviously unlikely he's a late 7th round pick, but we can't put it past him. I like Pacheco. I'm going to draft some Pacheco. I think you should too.